Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Michael Forstner and welcome to the Kaleidoscope Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to anyone that's suffering with ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or any type of GI issue. Our goal is to dive deeper into understanding things that can help us improve our GI system. So join us each week where we dive deeper into anything that can be beneficial for us. Today's cool fact of the day, most people often associate bacteria as an evil invader to our body. But did you know that our bodies actually contain more bacteria cells than human cells? It might make you rethink who you actually are or who's even in control. Now, our gut is full of bacteria, which is great news for us. Your symbiotic relationship with them helps you function normally or as close as normal as you can get because I know some of us are not real close to that normal line, so as close as we can get. So what are good gut bacteria in our body? Well, living inside our gut are roughly 300 to 500 different kinds of bacteria containing nearly 2 million genes. Paired with other tiny organisms like viruses and fungi, they make up what is known as the microbiota or the microbiome. Now, like a fingerprint, each person's microbiota is unique. The mix of bacteria in your body is different from everyone else's mix. It's determined partly by your mother's microbiota, the environment you're exposed to at birth, and partly from your diet and lifestyle. So all these things are mixing together to form your gut microbiome. Now, bacteria live throughout your body, but the ones in your gut may have the biggest impact on your well-being. They line your entire digestive tract. Most live in your intestines and colon. They affect everything from metabolism to your mood to your immune system. So in inflammatory bowel diseases, including Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, have issues in their intestines, which makes sense because people with these conditions are believed to have lower levels of certain anti-inflammatory gut bacteria. The exact connection is still unclear though, but it is thought that some bacteria may make your body attack your intestines and set the stage up for those diseases. Which brings us up to the next question. Why do we need bacteria in the first place? Well, we need the bacteria living in our intestines for everything from functional regulation to the breakdown of synthesis of vitamins and nutrients. Now, certain microbes exchange with us their service for a comfort home. For instance, some of them help us finish digesting food while others synthesize the nutrients such as vitamin K as their byproduct. Now, along with helping us in our immune system, as stated earlier, good microbes also help in preventing obesity, regulating our glucose levels, take up space to prevent bad bacteria and parasites from proliferating in our gut, reducing allergies, aiding in heart health, improving mood, preventing diarrhea, all those things are linked to good gut bacteria in our body, which if you've ever had any of those things, they can definitely dampen your day, especially the diarrhea. Now, unfortunately, our gut microbe levels can diminish for different reasons, which can lead to those gut issues. Which brings me up to the topic of this podcast episode, which is dysbiosis. Now, If you've never heard of this word, 
that's not a problem because again, if someone is new to this podcast or new to an IBD type issue, there's probably a lot of words you do not know about. And that's why I want to talk about dysbiosis. So it is a state in which there is an imbalance of microorganisms on with on or within our bodies. When our body is in balance, these colonies of microorganisms tend to have favorable effects on our bodies. Now, when it is imbalanced, we may experience unwanted symptoms. So again, this is a constant balance going back and forth of the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. Now, these microorganisms, collectively known as gut flora, consist predominantly of various strains of bacteria and to less extent include fungi and protozoa. The gut flora are essential for digestion and immune function, so state of dysbiosis, therefore, will result in digestive and other systemic symptoms or issues. Also, dysbiosis has been identified as playing a possible role with a variety of health problems. What this role might be is not always clear. It is theorized that the balance of the gut bacteria can affect the immune system, which we've already talked about how good bacteria can help our immune system. So it's not really too far-fetched to think if we had bad bacteria, it will affect our immune system badly. And also the health lining of our gut. So again, people call this usually leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability. Health conditions in which dysbiosis might play a part are not always digestive in nature, but include the following, obesity, type 2 diabetes, ankylosing spondylosis, um, rheumatoid arthritis, and then obviously the GI issues that we've talked about before, but ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease and even IBS. So what exactly causes dysbiosis? Dysbiosis is reflected a change in the population of various microbes and that unhelpful microbiomes or microbes overpower those that are more beneficial. Unfortunately, this tends to have a snowball effect. As a lesser amount of helpful microbe in our body are lessened and not able to keep up the battle or the friendly ones are being taken over by the unfriendly microbes, that allows the bad bacteria to keep multiplying and keep growing and growing and growing and keep pushing back the good bacteria. So I use the analogy, it's like a constant war zone in our gut that's happening 24-7 And we don't even really realize that this is happening all the time. So what is going on for the most part is that our good bacteria is trying to drive back the bad bacteria. And obviously the bad bacteria is trying to overtake the entire gut. So again, they're going back and forth. And there are things that can sway this battle one way or the other. Now, some facts that appear to contribute to the state of dysbiosis, one being antibiotic use. So from medication or from consumption of antibiotic-treated animal products, this is why it's really important when you check the food that you're eating to make sure that nothing's been added to their food. Because again, if they've been treated with um, antibiotics, that may affect your microbiome then too. Which leads me to the next one, unhealthy diet. So the lack of nutrients and fiber or containing harmful substance, which in the United States is super common Think about how many people stop at a fast food joint on their way home from work or even the way to work, especially during the weekends that they just don't feel like cooking. So they end up stopping at, say, a taco place, which may taste great, but it's not actually helping their gut bacteria. Now, the other things that can affect it, 
is alcohol <clears throat> because alcohol is going to have that sugary part to it, which is going to feed the bad bacteria and also high life stress levels. Now, if you haven't listened to podcasts or this podcast before, go back and I've talked about certain things like this, how to decrease your stress levels, such as exercise, meditation, things along those lines. <clears throat> but in today's world, we deal with so much stress that that can actually play a bad role on our gut and can lead to the bad bacteria taking over. Now, all these are helping the bad guys continue to dominate in our gut. So how can we improve our gut health and rally up the good bacteria to take on the bad bacteria? Well, dysbiosis can theoretically be improved through improvement dietary and lifestyle habits, such as eating a balanced diet, nutrient diet engaged in mind-body techniques for stress management, and some alternative health practitioners recommend using bone broth, which can actually help soothe the lining of our gut and allow the healing to start over. <clears throat> now, along with these improvements, taking probiotics and other supplements can help out the good guys in our gut. If you haven't checked out my other episodes, again, I recommend going back where I've talked about vitamin B12, vitamin D. Um, I've talked about some other probiotics, Espilardi, which are really beneficial to our gut. So again, if you have time, go back and listen to them. And that way you can dive deeper into understanding how to help our good gut bacteria. So how long does it actually take to repopulate the gut with good bacteria? Well, the answer depends on you. The more you're doing to help yourself, the quicker it will happen. But don't discourage yourself because again, it's probably taking time for the bad bacteria to overtake the good bacteria. So it's going to take a while for the good bacteria to start dominating and taking over the bad bacteria again. So you have to take it one day at a time. But again, one step in the right direction is going to add up over time. In a matter of weeks to months, you're going to feel so much better. That is our podcast for today. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, stay healthy. Way to go. You listened to another episode on the Kaleidoscope. Now, each episode, I hope you're learning more and more about ulcerative colitis and other GI issues. Again, this spot right here on this podcast is dedicated to you. So if there's anything that you want us to talk about, send us an email, um, hit us up on any podcast station, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible and talk about that topic for you. As always, stay healthy. The information provided is more for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other health care provider. This information is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. You should not use this information for diagnosis or treatment of any health problem or as a substitute for medication or other treatments prescribed by your physician. Please consult your health care practitioner before embarking on a diet, fast, exercise, or supplement program. Thank you.